Two Guys, One Shaker Cup Podcast, hosted by Joshua Shaw and Ryan Buckeye. Josh Shaw, I need to, you know, I'm sitting here thinking like how I wanted to start this episode. It's like, Josh Shaw, for those that don't know, lives in Texas. Texas is giving America a bad look right now. Thank you for that. Because just when we think that we're taking 10 steps forward, we take 20 steps backwards. Because you kids in Austin and in South Padre and all these places, uh, you know, ages 19 to 30 are going out to the bars, were, past tense, getting drunk and spreading this COVID crap to everybody. And now the entire world's looking at Texas and Florida and saying, shame on you, America. Do you not care? Do you not mask up, Josh? <laughs> Maybe we should um, wear masks for this episode. We should have. We should have. Yeah. I mean, that, that would have been the ex- the extreme of social distancing yeah. and we could have really shown how much we care about the rest of the world. I'm not shocked that something hasn't come out yet. If you Skype or zoom call with somebody, there's a chance you can catch COVID-19 <laughs> and there might be, it's, gonna, it's eventually going to come out there. I mean, I, every day something new comes out and I understand how science is like, you know, eventually you, you kind of disprove things and you learn over time, but that is a terrible thing in terms of public communications. You know what I mean? Like when you're just like telling everybody, oh, well, we found this out, but then it wasn't like um, statistically material or, or significant. And it's like, then it didn't make any difference because then you, a week later you disproved it. And it's like, you just, you're confusing people because they have so much stuff going on in their lives. They see so many messages that all of a sudden they don't know what the hell, what, what to believe and what not to believe. And we, I mean, we, we talked about this, right? Media yeah, yeah. manipulation. <laughs> like, um, and the reason, like, I'm, fr- I'm, I'm frustrated that we still have to talk about COVID, but only because it's been, like, 16 months now, it seems like. But it's – the topic of this one um, today was, like, what did we learn during, like, the COVID epidemic? But it's, like, it's still going on. And, you know, if, if you haven't learned something about yourself, about your business, about the world during the March, April, May, June, July, five-month spree that we're in right now uh, – shame on you i think i mean it's been a lot um and there's no sign of it slowing down and so um you know this is a cool conversation to have especially when it talks about sports nutrition because i think a lot of businesses learned hopefully something about themselves whether it be i need to be better with my cash flow maybe i should you know do xyz um and i think today we'll discuss kind of like you know what did we learn you know for for josh and i like personally what did we learn i think is a big thing um what did we learn about the industry is another big thing and i think that um the fitness and, and supplement industry in general has has felt a huge impact from what has gone on for five plus months now and the impact's not over and it's a worldwide impact because i think we talked about you know before like we get raw ingredients from countries like china and and things of that nature where there are shortages and all these different types of things so let's um i think it's best that we start with like what josh for yourself like what did you learn about yourself during covid19 because i think that's an interesting way to start the show because i mean our outside perspective on or inside perspective on what we learned about the industry is one thing but like we definitely know if we learn something about ourselves personally yeah, I mean, just super personal, not necessarily anything to do with my business, but like I, I live a pretty, I guess, like stressful, complex life the way that I set up my professional life. So because of that in my personal life, I like it very much like uh, like a lot of repetition, very streamlined, very like that that kind of stuff I've built in that if something gets rocked or, or kind of thrown for a loop, it creates a lot more stress than it should um, because it just compounds on the other stuff. So mm-hmm. something for me would just, little things like the masks or, you know, not being able to go to a restaurant, uh, or do this or do that. Like 
those things might seem super small and people are like, ah, just, you know, don't sweat the small stuff. But to me, that, like that's compounding on already the stress that I have in my life. Mm-hmm. So then I'm like, I just would rather not do any of it. I'm like, I would, I'd rather not go and stress myself out because I have to go do all these different things. And I know that that's not necessarily going to be long-term that all of these restrictions are going to be there. There might be some semblance of a restriction, but like, it's not willing from, I'm not willing to like totally revert my whole life in my personal life that I've already streamlined over the last, you know, 10, 15 years of, of my professional life that I'm going to do that. And, mm-hmm. and that's what I've learned, like, as just going out in day to day life, like little things, you just realize, like, you took it for granted. Mm-hmm. I took it for granted because I, I had built that up for so long that now it got all tore down in a couple of months and it kind of created a little bit of an extra, like, just, just pain in the butt. Yeah. Um, that's kind of something that, that I, I kind of noticed on my side. Um, I also like talked about this in a number of different episodes. Like I'm not necessarily the most like people person or extroverted or any of those types of things, but I do miss like in, in meeting, like in-person meetings, like flying to clients, doing that stuff, because I like just being able to just jam about topics and you know over a five-hour meeting you end up coming up with just crazy amounts of things and i know that you know we have zoom and we have skype and we have all these different things but it's not the same because people are distracted when you're not in front of their faces even Mm -hmm. like we could be on our phones we could be we have multiple screens open we could be doing all those things so um those types of things for me I, i just small little things but i've noticed for me i'm like that i have learned about myself that i i am excited to go back to i guess whenever we can Right. It's good. I mean, for me, I would, I want to say like, truthfully, be brutally honest. Like I would love to say like, I've learned that I'm okay with the simple side of life, but I miss all that stuff, man. I mean, I, I, I do like, I miss the ability to go to a movie theater and watch a movie. You know, I miss being able to go to a restaurant without a reservation, without a mask at six ten at night and do, you know, things like that. These are all like privileges that we have, you know, that it's you don't realize it again. Josh said it great. Like, you know, we've t- we took these things for granted for our entire lives. Like we grew up, you know, it's kind of like I say, like when I grew up as a kid, I had used to open doors. Right. Well, then automatic doors came. And now you take that for granted. And one thing after another, um, you take for granted the luxuries and, and things of that in life. Like, could you imagine, too, if like gas was gone? Right. We've, we take take for granted driving for sure. Um, it's just, you know, selfishly, I do. I miss those things. Could I live without them? Yeah. We've proven for five months we can live without them. It doesn't mean we're super happy. Um, thankfully I haven't dealt with any kind of like, and I know this is impacting a lot of people, but a lot of people are being impacted mentally. Like it's mentally draining and, and causing them to, you know, have, have, um, like mental health issues. And I haven't had that because I've been able to keep myself busy with, with two businesses. Um, but I think based on, you know, that my ability, and I don't want this to come off, um, cocky or, or arrogant, but like my ability to adapt and make the best of the situation is what, and I've always had this mentality and it pisses a lot of people off. I always say when something goes wrong, one of the first things I say to them, and I know I need to work on this is like, don't worry, everything will be okay. Like that's kind of just like the mentality I've always had in life because I always, you know, sit there's like, why spend all this effort and time worrying about the problem when you should be thinking about the solution, you know? And it's like, okay, so you have, you know, this ailment or whatever, and I can sit there and I can be sad and I can be upset or I can think about like tell myself it's going to be OK, but how is it going to be OK? And, and that's kind of how it was like, you know, for me. And uh, during COVID, obviously, businesses stopped paying my my parent business and I could have been freaking out because that's my income, you know, and 
my mindset was I woke up and was like, everything's going to be okay. Did I think I was going to start a, a butter company? <laughs> no. No, I didn't. Um, but it works. And so for me, it's like my ability to adapt. I, I think you kind of sometimes know these things or people will tell you these things, but you've never, you never take a second to sit back and understand it and realize like, okay, now I know what they're talking about because it's just you. Like when you, for instance, like when you look at yourself every single day in the mirror, you don't necessarily notice body weight changes, right? But like if somebody sees you on day one and day 80, they may be like, oh my God, you look great. Um, so when you live in your shell for every single day, you don't notice these things. So for once I was actually able to notice it and say, you know what? Okay, I get it now. Um, which, you know, is, is something that I'm grateful for and I'm happy I'm able to do it. But, you know, I think, you know, in terms of like the external population and, and people out there, like, for instance, like your friends and family and your girlfriend, Josh, or whatever, like ha have they had conversations with you about maybe things that, that they've learned about themselves or that they've learned, maybe not even about themselves, but about, about society. I mean, I mean, like I said, we talked about media manipulation. I think, I think if anything, like you, you kind of learn like we're sheep and we've talked about that because especially during COVID and the next stat comes out, people freak out and whatever. But have you had conversations with you, like your, your girlfriend about self-learning and things that have come out of this so far? Yeah, I think we have a lot of those conversations. I think that um, there's a very, I think, distinct difference between like myself um, and I say between a lot of other people that I talk to is because like I make a, a pretty distinct line between professional and personal mm -hmm. or like I've always taken personal life as, as kind of a secondary. It's just the way that I am. I, I, I enjoy my professional life. I enjoy working. That's just how I've always been. And because of that, I think that a lot of times I can handle a lot more, be it capacity, uh, you know, change levels, um, just like you were saying, adaptability, uh, being able to like shift gears and, and, and be able to just like, honestly, just like grind through anything. Like if something's in front of me, I'm going to figure out how to get around it. I'm going to figure out whatever it takes. I'm going to, I'm going to do that thing. And I think that that, um, doesn't necessarily always like equate to, uh, my personal life right. because I have, how I mentioned, like, I like to make that super simple and I like to just kind of be more, um, kind of passive in that side of my life. I let, you know, say my girlfriend's kind of, you know, Hey, whatever you want to go eat, that's fine. I don't want to make a decision. I, it doesn't make a difference to me. Cause like I've already made a thousand decisions in that day and I don't want to make any more decisions. Um, but I think for most people, they tend to be more, um, towards their personal life. Um, mm -hmm. and because COVID I think has taken a lot more of people's day-to-day -day personal lives out of the whack, they then are like, totally wrecked because then both their, their professional life that they can't really keep under control and also their personal life that is being taken away a lot of the liberties or or just like uh things they took for granted are are gone then they're just like in a real bad place because neither one of them are really balanced in a way that works out really well and i think that that's what you're starting to see you know now with a lot of people with um you know mental health type things or you're seeing some of the statistics come out with like you know, ad addiction starting to, to kind of come up and, and a lot of things that I think anybody that kind of knew what was going to happen eventually, like the trade-offs, mm -hmm. I think that was always going to be there. But I think we talked about this on, on previous episodes that I think everybody was really just thinking what's in front of me public health wise, we need to shut everything down. We need to do all that. That's the way we're going to eradicate this all. And we're not going to have to worry about anything ever again, but they forgot that that time period actually creates unintended consequences. Yeah, it, it maybe helps one thing, but it, it definitely hurts, you know, 10, 20 other things that could cause way more problems um, in the long run. So it's, um, for me, I've, I've been able to, at least on the professional side, um, hold that 
you know, extremely well and do extremely well. And, and that's, I guess, a, you know, again, not to your point, like cocky or confidence thing, but I think that I've always been, um, in that place of mind that I could, could do that. Um, I was always kind of in the back of my mind thinking like this next recession, I can't wait for it because I'm going to just, I, I'm, I'm like, I'm been building myself up for this time. I didn't necessarily want it to be like this because I think it, that, that spike hurt people way more than what it should. And I don't like to, to, uh, see anybody else get hurt, but, um, it, it definitely has proven to me that a lot of the things that I was kind of getting myself ready for, um, proved to be useful, um, mm -hmm. might not have been useful when everybody else was doing, you know, kind of just willy nilly stuff and because everything was going good. But I think it worked out really well for when the, the problems kind of showed, I think there's like a, Oh, a, like an old saying or something where like you, you never really know, um, who was swimming naked until the tide goes out. Like, you know, when everything's like not going very well, like then all of a sudden you realize like who wasn't really putting in the work when things were going well and, and who, and who was, um, kind of a silly way to think about it, but it's just one of those things where you don't really know, like if everything's going well, you think everything's, everybody else is doing great, but yep. then you realize when the things are going bad, they weren't doing all that well. Yeah. I mean, when it pertains to the industry, that's the thing, thing I learned, you know, is like we are, um, you know, you, you learn kind of who are the legitimate businesses versus the ones who struggle. And for me, it was like, you know, on my FI business, the ones who ultimately had a hard time making invoice payments, you know, kind of shed light on their business structure a little bit and, and how they, I guess, plan and, and strategize and take care of themselves cash wise as a business. Um, but as, a, and as an industry as a whole, I learned that excuse making is always like number one, it seems like, right? Like, well, this is this because of this. Now, to some extent, yes, obviously, we all know COVID impacted every business in some way, shape, or form. But to solely blame the epidemic or pandemic or whatever you want to call it on, uh, to, I mean, uh, based on your demise of a business um it, it to me i think is it is just a weird childish way of thinking because like i feel like it's it present and we've talked about this i think too it presented opportunities unique opportunities you know we look at we look at brands in our space who pivoted and came out with immune system pro uh, immunity products came out with more general health products shifted their attention and focus on things of that nature and put some of their other performance products maybe later in q3 q4 I mean, that was something very simple. And if you didn't have an immunity product, they aren't hard to make. You can throw vitamin C in a bottle and call it an immunity product. I mean, really, honestly. But um, but there are a lot of people who kind of like, okay, they mapped out their year and they stuck to it because they, they don't know how to change. They don't know how to adapt. And I think, you know, going back to me personally saying, like, I'm able to adapt and pivot, not everybody has that. And it, it showed this year, I think, so far on brands who are falling and falling hard that they didn't have the ability or they chose not to have that ability to do those things. And it's, you know, it's, it's one of those things that it's to an extent sad um, because some of these brands are really cool, but like, you just didn't expect that. Like for me, when I think entrepreneur, I think a business owner, I, I, I think of myself, I think of you, I think of us like grinding for 14, 15, 16 hours a day, sometimes more, uh, running on no sleep, doing whatever it takes to make something happen that I don't get how an entrepreneur in today's world can just sit back and let a pandemic or an epidemic like COVID just overtake their business and say, well, it's because of this, like figure it out. Yeah. It's been, um, interesting to watch that. Um, people just 
willing to give up kind of like their baby mm -hmm. a lot of times. Um, you know, for whatever reason, they um, are quick to give it up. Maybe because it's not, maybe they knew it was never going to really work out. Maybe they were willing to let it run. Yeah. I don't know. But the the willingness to kind of just um, to deal with an out, outside threat and just say, oh, this was the reason why I, I failed is is kind of sick. It's kind of gross. Like, I, I just have never had that mindset. Like, if, if especially something was wrong, it's my fault first. It's right. nobody else's fault. Like, because regardless if it was you know, you, the rug got pulled from under you, whatever, there there are there were mechanisms in place. The government put mechanisms in place to at least catch a little bit of that. Um, so if you were running your business in an appropriate way, you could have kept alive enough for you as an entrepreneur to get that spirit running again and, and start to think strategically and, and get out of it. But a lot of people just just bent to the knee and and, and stopped thinking for themselves. They just stopped and they just went well. Done. I, I guess that was it. That you know, it's it's all downhill from here. And and it and it was depressing because people that you um you had maybe worked with before, or worked for, or knew, or whatever, and you, you see the way that they maybe were acting, you start to like, wow, how did how how did that happen? Like how how did they change so quickly? How did that become um, something that just hurt them that bad? Um, and it maybe goes back to a previous episode, you know, the fake it till you make it. Like maybe it was just, we didn't see the right, uh, person in the first place. Maybe that was actually something that was always just going to kind of happen. Um, but there's things you mentioned around like pivots and, and, and kind of, I think I take it a step further of thinking about it in like diversifications, like where a lot of these businesses were very much like a singular product or two that was built on a singular use case on a singular um strategy and that was it and mm -hmm. because something took that one away they didn't really have anything else to fall back on um which is not the best way to think about it you know you think like single single product or single strategy was very fragile it, it didn't work out very well but if you were like multi-strategy multi-product multi-brand like more of an ecosystem type of thing like your business was ex doing extremely well, or at least um, being able to like ebb and flow where like one thing went way up and one thing kind of went down and you right. ended up being okay. But like if you ended up not necessarily um, having any of that diversification, you were, you were kind of screwed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, 100%. And I think, you know, even as we expand outside of our industry, one thing that I, I mean, learned that we did a whole podcast on is that we are, as a people, a population, um, majority of us are just so quick to believe everything and the fear factor is real and it's just, uh, and listen, people are, uh, do I wear a mask in public all the time? The answer is no, I don't. Now I'm the asshole. Like I'm the asshole because I'm the one spreading it and I get it. Like do it for, for we, not me. Okay. Uh, I have friends up in Canada who are, you know, reaching out saying it's because you guys aren't doing all these different protocol things. Well, I have a fiance who's a nurse that we have these conversations all the time about. Um, so everybody has a different perspective on it, which everybody should have a different perspective. But a lot of the perspectives that we have as a, as a population are those of which we had just heard on the nightly news or that we had just read on some article on Facebook. Um, and that as, as a people, a population, we're, we're too quick to give up, I guess. And, and I say that because at least in our country, like there is options. And if you're if you're listening to this from outside the country and you haven't heard this yet, you're probably gonna laugh about this. But there are options for people in America to be furloughed or or to lose their jobs to go on unemployment. Well, what happened 
is unemployment paid them what they were making at their job plus $600 extra a week, meaning they were making more money, Josh, to not work, to stay home than it would be to work and do something productive. Now, I grew up on a farm, and if you've ever been on a farm or in that type of culture, hard work is embedded in your DNA at a very young age, and I think that in my adulthood is very apparent. Like I go, 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 almost to the point where it's probably almost bad for me to keep going as much as I do. But I would never in a million years raise my hand and say, hey, I'll go sit at home, make more money, and lose my job. But people have done it, and they're continuing to do it, and it's just it's, – it's unbelievable how many people just don't want to work. And call it lazy, if you will. So I learned during this just how lazy we are at – and I've always thought you know, that we were, were – there's a reason why we're you know, more obese as a country. We eat like shit. We're a little bit more lazy and stuff. And I think we talked about that on one of the earliest episodes of this podcast. But it's very apparent now that we are just a um, – we're okay with mediocrity. We're okay with being lazy. We're okay with doing nothing. And that's not okay with me. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I think that there were things that were put in place that were supposed to help for a very short-term um, kind of thing. And, and obviously within that, you had to move as quickly as possible. Obviously, mm -hmm. there was things that unintended consequences that ended up happening with that. One of them being that you ended up paying a lot of the lower working class people more by not doing anything. They, they could just sit back and, and kind of take that check. I um, have kind of mentioned a few times is that Yes, in the short term, in the in the next however many many weeks you get it, um, yeah, it does provide more. But if the choice was for me to lose some more money in the short term to then make sure that I look um, right in the mind of my employer or my new employer because I go out and work for somebody else or whatever, like, and they're going to give me opportunities past this because I busted my ass and I was there, I showed up every day, I was positive, I did what I needed to do. Like, I know two years from now I'm gonna end up getting way more out of that um, than I would by sitting back and collecting that extra 600 bucks because the opportunity eventually comes up when you're being when you're doing the right things mm -hmm. when people might not always think that's true because they only think in terms of days or hours or whatever but like if you think in a longer term you take a couple steps back and look at a longer term view you realize like those actions make a lot of sense right and I I honestly think this is a um, an important point to to bring up for the future of America, uh, because I think that when you take this a step further, because this was kind of a good experiment, you had people, a lot of people, uh, I don't know how many tens of millions of people um, ended up being on like unemployment at a certain time, but like you had a bunch of people not working. Um, and what did they do during that time frame? A lot of them didn't do anything, mm -hmm. which is a problem because eventually, you know, it'd be this 10 years from now, we're going to have to start to struggle with this question, but out of necessity because robotics, um, machine learning, um, you know, artificial intelligence, they're going to take our jobs. And because of that, a lot of people, the same tens of millions of people are not going to have a job to go to. We, we want to pay them and how other countries are thinking about it is like, you know, universal basic income. It's like you, you pay people because you essentially need them to obviously pay their rents, pay their foods, whatever. But the point of that is they're not supposed to sit around. They're supposed to start businesses. They're supposed to start um, creating new ideas, innovations. Like that's what they're supposed to do with that money, um, like past that point. Because you don't have really any like um, stresses of life because they're paying that for you. Similar to this time frame, you didn't have any stress really of life. I understand there's there was stress, but like 
your bills were paid. Mm -hmm. So like, what did you do? Did you sit around and just kick your feet up and just be like binge on, on uh, Netflix? Or did you go out and um, reskill yourself? Did you go out and network with people? Did you like, and I know not in person, but like, did you go and, you know, spruce up your LinkedIn and, and start to meet people and, and write articles or do whatever. Did you do those things? I'm going to guess the majority of the people did not do that. And right. I think we need to bring back that point when we, when we start to struggle that question in 2030 or whatever it is, because eventually we're going to have to figure that out again. And it's like, do we want to incentivize people to sit around and not do anything? Or would we rather like maybe have them build roads or I don't like do some infrastructure stuff. I don't know what it is like to say, Hey, we're not going to pay you to sit on your butt. We're going to give you a job if you want to take it and then we'll pay you. Yeah. I think that would be great. I think that would have been great this whole time too, to have something like that in nature. I mean, and who knows, maybe we don't have to wait till 2030. Maybe we'll, we'll experience it still this year. If they, if the, there's a second wave, things shut down and we have to go back to square one again. Do they do the same exact things again and keep promoting that way of life or that, that, that mentality that a lot of people have? Um, I, I don't know. It's, I've, I've learned a lot about, I've learned a little bit of a lot, a little about a lot, I should say, uh, during this time, but I tried to really try to focus more on what, what I could do for myself, my business, um, to keep myself healthy going, um, and to build stuff for, for my family. So that was starting a new business. That is, you know, saving a little bit more money here and there when I can, um, buying a, bought a house because interest rates were in a tank, you know, so like just leveraging certain things. But um, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm excited for the world to get back to normal, but I, I don't think the world gets back to normal in 2020. I, you know, it's crazy to think like we are a month and a half away from school. It's supposed to start again for colleges. Most of the colleges are going to be doing online classes in the fall. Um, still no in-person stuff, fall sports. Which I know last year, Josh, we had fun with the Wisconsin Kent State stuff, and when we, you know, beat you like seventy-seven to nothing, whatever it was, um, you, we you won't have that opportunity this year because you know the the conferences are playing either interconference or they're going to cancel their stuff altogether, um, which is you know that's where people are people are seeing other platforms kind of give up because they have to, right? Like professional sports gave up because they had to, so then they feel I don't know if that has any impact on them thinking, well, if they're doing it, then I then it's okay if I do it too. I don't know. Um, and I'd love to know like what people, maybe like our, our people, our viewers, our listeners have learned about themselves during this time because that's interesting because are you really – are you willing to look in the mirror and say this is really what I've learned about myself or is it this is what I think I learned about myself? Because, again, fabrication is a huge thing in life. We like to fabricate things and, and say things that you know, people want to hear. Um, you know, I, I think for me, you know, another thing that I, I learned is like I learned that it's okay to step back for a little bit and just to kind of like disconnect. Um, for instance, I, like, I went to a lake this last week and I went fishing. I haven't fished since I was like a kid. And it's like, it's okay not to be connected to your cell phone all the time. Um, and the reason why is because the world's not as active as it once was. Um, and it's, you know, in the past, I would hate to do that. Like I wouldn't want to be disconnected from my phone or disconnected from technology because I always thought I need to be connected or be there in case somebody needs something. But And this maybe sounds like counterintuitive to what I was talking about earlier about being hardworking, but it's, it's, it's okay still to take some time for yourself um, that I was never okay with prior to this. Are you selling an ebook on that? Because I could, I could use some tips. Well, first <laughs> you have that. to go buy yourself a, a rod and reel and go out in Texas and see if you can catch one of your one of those lake lake basses. I should, I should create an ebook, an audio one, because I have a face for radio. Um, but that that was, but that's very difficult. 
I mean, but, you know, given, given the parameters and the environment that we're in, it ended up being okay because you didn't have to be there all the time. Um, and it ended up being like a good thing for me, like mentally. I mean, you go, go, go so often, like sometimes you, you start to ignore certain things in your life, you know, and that are important things and being able, when the world slowed down, you know, I was able to slow down a little bit with it, which I'm grateful for. Do I miss all the things I talked about earlier on? Yes, I do. But I'm also grateful and thankful for slowing down and being able to appreciate certain things like time with my daughter, for instance. Like, you know, in the past, I would be on my phone when I was with my daughter because it was business, business, business. Now it's like I'm with her and I should have done that then. But, but this whole situation forced me to, to do that. And it was a good thing. Like, it's a positive thing. I don't, I don't look at this pandemic and, and think of all the negative things that happened in my life. I think of what are the positive things that happened. I'm able to enjoy time with, with people in my life. I'm able, I was able to start a business, which obviously makes you busy again. But like kind of get back to being happy. And that's what it did for me, which I think is, you know, I don't want that to make, make me feel like I'm, or seem like I'm soft, but like finding happiness during a pandemic is kind of opposite for what a lot of people probably experience. I think that's the key to, you know, a growth mindset is, do you see the positives in things or do you see the negatives? Like, I mean, we've talked about it before. It's that idea that, yeah, a challenge is a challenge, but also being able to overcome that and, and being able to see that there's opportunities past that initial hit punch in the face. It's like, if you're able to constantly have that mindset, you're going to do great in life, but it's the, it's tough to do that. It's not, I mean, it, it's, it's easy for everybody to be like, oh, this is, you know, throw you some good rah, rah quotes or whatever, but it's, it's tough to do that. And, um, at least I think over these last couple of months, people have had some, some reps to, to, to fail a few times at trying to do that and maybe mm -hmm. being successful and maybe retraining themselves how to think hopefully, um, right. because I think that this is not going to be the last time something like this happens. Um, and it's not going to be the worst uh, of our lives. Um, so I think it's a, it's one of those learned things that you're going to have to take and, and amplify the next time. And if you weren't able to learn anything, you were, you're going to be in way worse trouble the next time. Yeah. It's uh, interesting. Leave us a comment on our social channels. Like, I just want to know more or less what you learned about yourself. I think that's where my, my interest is. I mean, or your business, if you're within this field, the supplement field, or in the dietary nutrition space, like to hear if you're, especially if you're, you know, a controller of some sort or, or, or leadership. What did you learn about your brand? What did you learn about other brands? Uh, being respectful, of course. You know, I think that some people in this space like to be disrespectful, but uh, you can leave that on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, leave it via our YouTube channel as well. You can follow Josh on social. He's at Jay Shaw Consulting. You can follow us on social. It's Two Guys One Shaker Cup on all the major platforms. Uh, Josh, little. I haven't done this in a while, so I'm going to do this right now. A little parting wisdom from Joshua <laughs> Shaw. Uh, I would say, you know, there's more noise in this world than ever, and there's constantly people trying to distract you from what is best for you to do. So figure out what you could do each day to improve your life um, and focus on that over focusing on what other people are trying to get you to focus on. Just stick to stick to what's going to be best for you and what's who's around you. And you'll be much better off than, and paying attention to what everybody else is talking about. Cancel the noise, the ebook coming soon from Josh Shaw. <laughs>